1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. Jackson Stevens, the pride of Oxford, Alabama, right? hmm And you're a fan of Alabama, and your wife is an Auburn graduate, yes. right? Auburn graduate. Mm. Well, that makes for an interesting Damn. time, huh?
2: It's, it's an interesting week out of the year for sure. <laughs> but now basketball is pretty good, so it's a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> True.
2: Yeah, Bruce Pearl's got it going on. Yeah. So what happens when you get introduced to her family for the first time? So she's originally from Ohio, so... She grew up probably in Ohio State, okay. band, I'm pretty sure, right. which that doesn't float well with me either. <laughs> but um, their her whole family is Ohio State, okay. and then so her dad worked at Auburn, and that's why she went to school there and and stuff. So I mean, they try to ruffle my feathers a little bit when Alabama loses, which yeah. is hardly ever. But um, and it works sometimes, but
1: I don't let it affect me. But it, it's it's pretty good banter. We were talking about the changes in college football, and Kalen DeBoer obviously there now. You said he's got a guy to handle, facilitate the other things, because let's face it, uh, many college coaches have said it. You're more or less a GM now, aside from a coach.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact guy. I just That's what I heard. But, I mean, I just think the game of college sports now is being able to work the NIL and work the transfer portal to the best of your ability. I mean, when you when you're when you're, I'm, I'm happy these guys are getting paid because I think they deserve it. But I think it's kind of hitting to a point where you know I I don't think this is not how Nick Saban ran thinks and that's not how he wanted to do it. So I think this was kind of like a. A good I'm, exit for a him. Good, a good exit. He don't want to deal with this. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't talk. I don't talk to Nick Saban. No, well, nothing, let's, let's you know, just, but... He's got his
1: own problems. Yeah, let's
3: just. <laughs> let's just say that I don't think Nick Saban was necessarily happy with the direction. It might have helped when yeah. he realized a house in Florida plus another boat. Maybe I'm just done at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, what a career is goat. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's the greatest. Uh, college football coach of all time one of the greatest football coaches of all time and i'm biased because being a bama fan is pretty fun to watch yeah but... what about the bad years you know there was a stretch people don't realize yeah this. It was... 54
3: and 46 over 100 games in your alabama
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah that's... three coaches in a matter of like whatever minutes it seemed like it, they're it, firing it people it was
2: it was it was bad and then he came along and it, it everything God. changed it was great yeah but, uh...
3: why does it feel like my chair is about a foot and a half lower than you. <laughs> why I, is my? Because he's what, a foot and a half taller. Than what the, the hell is why? going on here? I'm it's looking up to him pretty, like it's pretty basic. I'm looking up to him like I'm a nine year old.
2: I, I don't know. All right.
3: Uh, so Alabama, Alabama kid.
1: Big guy. Was football ever your thing?
2: Yes. Uh, I played all three sports growing up. I played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, I actually didn't play football until I got in seventh grade. My dad wouldn't let me play until then, um, and I loved the game. I was scared to death playing for the first time but then I became pretty solid at it and uh um ended up being a good football player uh I I was a quarterback and um me and Jameis Winston were we played travel ball together and it was like me and him would duel in the state and um and he was, he was Mr. Alabama in football, rightfully so, first overall pick. Hold on, I mean, did you finish second
3: in Mr. Alabama? No,
2: I didn't finish second in that. I was just an all-second team all-state at quarterback in Alabama, which is pretty cool. But no. So what are the
3: offers at that point? You
2: must have football offers. Uh, I did. I had a couple. Um, I think uh, this is way back. I'm old now. But uh, UAB <laughs> – wanted me in football and then I actually talked to Nick Saban a few times and went on a visit there and I was already committed to play baseball there and uh they were going to tr- I, what I heard that they were going to try to let me play and if I was good enough yeah. I would be able to be on the team and be on a full ride there um so that'd been pretty cool and because <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it I loved everything about quarterback I like the scheming part and then obviously playing I'm a competitor so I like playing, obviously, but. Watching film and scheming people up on defense, I, I thought it was very intriguing, and I loved that. And I had a really good football team in high school, and I had quite a few NFL guys on my team, and made me Jeez. look really
3: good. But so what was it, so did you get when you say really good? Did you make it to a state championship? No, we got beat by Hoover in the semis. Hoover was that uh, Russ Prost yeah. at that time? No, it or was. Whatever uh, his
2: name was? It was our actually Oxford's coach at, uh, left after Rush okay. left. He went to Hoover, so it was our Damn. ex-coach when I was a 7th and 8th grader. Oh. We had to play him, and they were really good. Uh, we were better than them, I believe that, but we let it get away. How many people do you think you played in front of that game? Oh, God, a lot. Um, I couldn't even tell you. At least 40,000 maybe, I would think. Is there a freakout?
3: Like, be honest, you were a high school kid.
2: Is there a little bit of a I freak was out? More nerv- I was more nervous during. My sophomore year, stepping out there in the big crowds, uh, I was more nervous in the Jamboree game, which is like a practice game before the <laughs> season, playing against Hoover as a sophomore and in like a, just a scrimmage game or whatever and how big the stands were and all the people. I was more nervous on that than I was whenever I got to be a junior or a senior. I was like, I'm used to it. I, I was kind of even kill. I wasn't the first one running out of the paper sign for the cheerleaders to do. I was the last, like kind of just coasting through
1: like You gotta look cool. Well, I, I guess I was disclosure. trying to look cool. I don't know, but <laughs> I was just I was just trying to be even keel the whole time. Jackson Stevens is here with us, so travel bowl teammate of Jameis Winston. What kind of a teammate was he? Great. He's awesome. He's really good, Because on the outside looking in, he seems a little bit goofy at times.
2: He is goofy. He is a okay. – he, he's – That's nice, it's, by it's, the way. That's m- nice the way you
1: put that. Well, I mean, I know how you feel about yeah. him.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Jameis is James is a goofball in itself. He would, But he was so athletic on the baseball field. And, it re, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ronald. Ronald can tease you a little bit. Yeah. Jameis would get in rundowns because he'd get bored. And he'd, know he'd get out of it. <laughs> so a, could like he a 14 have been, year
3: old. could he have been a professional Major League Baseball player?
2: I think he I think he's athletic enough he could have for sure. He could th- he could pitch. I mean do hard. Um obviously, but um I mean cuz he can throw football like my What was your high school arm? So if I so you were 60, could you throw it 60 65? Uh, on my good days. I could probably throw it 60. I think I threw one probably 60 65 in the third round. I will never forget it was like fourth and forever and <laughs> we were getting beat and we needed it and we went for it and I remember rolling out and for some reason, we ran, we called it Kansas wheel, where we ran a like a deeper slant that was like 15 yards, 20 yards on the outside guy. And our inside guy, who was a really good receiver, Cody Spurman, we called him chief. He ran a wheel off of it. And for some reason, I look up, and he's behind the safeties. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to throw this. And I just launched it. And, and it was one of the best spirals. It was just, <laughs> it was like, God bless me on that throw and I do it like far. Got behind him. We won. Did it feel like? It almost sounds like you're
3: you're almost there again. Did it feel like slow motion? Like the ball in the air, like you would see in a movie.
2: Honestly, I, oh, Honestly, I couldn't um I couldn't really see it because I was getting chased and I didn't get hit, but I kind of just blacked out. I just knew that if I got it there, he he was gonna be able to handle it and he we we scored on it. So it was, but it was kind of like slow motion. I guess you could say that it was kind of a blur. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he got past them because it was like, you know, number one rule, like fourth and forever, do not let them get behind you, for God's sakes. And for some reason, he was like five, ten yards behind them. And I would just never forget it. I was like, <laughs> not do it. And it it was
1: perfect. It worked out. Jackson Stevens is uh, here with us in camp with the Braves. So you seem to be a guy that enjoys and appreciates everything that you've worked for in life. and And this situation is challenging for you, obviously, mm-hmm. being here with the Braves. But – how do you approach it year to year with spring training?
2: Um, here to win a job. Like, compete my tail off, be the best version of myself, and try to win the job and win it the right way. And that's, that's the way I go about things.
3: So, how about spring training for you when some guys say, Max Fried is out there? Guess what? He's going to make the team, he's going to be on the opening day roster, but he's got to get his work in. Hitters are a little bit ahead of the the pitchers are a little bit ahead of the hitters. For you, do you feel like every session, every side session, every time you're gonna get into a game this year, it's not that version of what Max Freed. Mm-hmm. You don't have the luxury of that. Is that a fair way to put it?
2: Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, yeah, that's it's no secret. I mean, it's you know, I'm taking one day at a time and be the I'm trying to be better every single day. And if I can just do what I can do and what I know I'm capable of, everything will work out what that needs to work out. So and how that's... do you
3: how do you make this team? How do you how do you ensure that you travel with this team north?
2: Um get people out do things the right way, and just compete your tail off. And that's literally my three things that, like, I need to do. I need to get people out. I need to just compete 110%, which I, I don't. I will never fall short of that. I pride myself on just competing. I don't care who's in the box at any given time. I, I'm more of – I like to play games, like, with and if it's not, like, if it's a drill, I'll try to make it a game because I want to push myself to be able to be the best version of myself, and then just being a good guy, being a good teammate, being a being a guy that people like to have around and on top and, like, believe in that can do the job. So
3: you said you became – you sort of chill in high school football by the time you were a junior and a senior. Because we know now when you're supposed to get an inning, the sheet is put out, you know what games you're going to – what's the night before like for you now? Are you still that way, or are you – is there a little bit of an intensity going on?
2: No, I try to take it, like – What happens here kind of stays here. And then having my wife and my two dogs down here, I kind of just be myself, Uh, whatever it is. I mean, March Madness is right around the corner. I'll probably be watching basketball games or we'll be watching some Netflix with the wife and, you know, just kind of chilling out. I know what the task at hand is the next day, but at the same time, it's not. I'm not really thinking about that. We got a while in the mornings. We got a lot of time to prepare. Like, it's, you know – you got to get your work in and i get my work in here and then when it's off the field i kind of just like to chill out and
1: just hang around. Jackson Stevens is here with us of uh, the Braves so you get drafted by the Reds you come to the Braves but in between you pitch in the Mexican League, do you mm-hmm. not? Now what's mm-hmm. that experience like?
2: <laughs> it was an experience um in itself i was blessed, you know, i didn't play so i got DFA by the Reds in 19. I didn't play any in 2020 covid year no no one wanted me didn't play at all and then going into 21 when everybody got back to normal i thought there'd be a job for me in affiliated baseball and it wasn't um and i waited waited for a call you know still working out still throwing or whatever and then this team down in mexico called me uh laredo um Laredo, texas and nueve laredo it's the it's an interesting team they have um, two stadiums, one's in Mexico, one's in Texas. It's the only team in professional sports that has two different countries that you're playing in as a home side. And it's and they were the only ones that called me. Can, and, I, can I ask, don't, do you have any idea how they even got your phone number? No, I do not. I have no idea. They actually reached out to me. The, the GM reached out to me, or his assistant GM, and asked me if I would be willing to play this is what they would offer money wise blah 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 and at the time in my head i went absolutely not i'm, I'm not going down there but then like my wife thanked, i thank her all the time and appreciate her she was like you're you're too young to not just play you need to go play and i was kind of like worried you know all this kind of stuff i've never been out of the country to play baseball before A- anybody that does that for the first time they're you know, they're a little bit like, okay, you know. And I went down there, and it was a grind. It was a lot different than here. It's You know, you don't get to stay at these great, nice hotels or, you know, and and have spreads all the time. Like, it's all on your own. And, you, and you, I just played, and I just competed. Like I said, I did what I needed to do. And then I did that for a whole summer. And then ho- the bullpen catcher here, Jose Yepes, he's a yeah. winter ball GM. In Venezuela, and he reached out to me. Which there was a couple of teams in Venezuela that reached out to me because I did well in Mexico, and um, I went and played for him, and then did well down there, and then that's how I got signed here to a minor league deal in 22. It's crazy. So
3: you believe if you said no or didn't answer the phone, or I they would didn't not be you, here. You're not here.
2: I'm not here. I'm not playing. Probably no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have just. If, if it wasn't for answering that phone and then having the. Uh, the backup of my wife telling me that I'm capable and I'll be good to go because that was also my first year of marriage too so it was like kind of hard on me to kind of like just leave in my first year of that big big commitment and stuff and she was like I'm okay with it and she wanted me to go and then when I was like what about Venezuela I was gone all summer and she's like I think it'd be a great opportunity for you so I did it and thank God I did and I would yeah I would not be here 1000% would not be here and
3: again somebody has to find you So the fact that you're with a Braves bullpen coach who has the connection and
2: Alex. So I'm assuming then Alex is the next guy to call or. Um, Yep. He he, the bullpen catcher. uh, I guess reached out to Alex or Mm -hmm. whoever he needed to. And then they looked at some stuff and Dana Brown, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know who it was. He reached out to. I have no idea. I just know that when I got back from winter ball, I got back right before Christmas and I enjoyed my, because that's when my contract ended and then and stuff and, and, I just came back, and next thing you know, I had a I had a call from uh, I think it was Ben Sustanovich, and he, he called me and offered me a, a spot in minor league camp and play. And I was just tickled to death because I just wanted to get back in affiliated ball, and I couldn't be more excited. Growing up a Braves fan, and that happened and I was like, this is so cool.
1: When the Mexican t- Mexican team called you, do you think that's a joke? Someone's pulling your leg initially?
2: No, not not necessarily. I, Cause I mean, it came I just, out of nowhere. It seems. Yeah, it, it, it's just it came out of nowhere. Um, but I mean they might have texted me first and then asked if they could call and that's what that was way more helpful than just getting a call from random Laredo Texas. I didn't even <laughs> know where that was at. I thought it was a spam call. So I would have never even answered it probably. But um but yeah, it was just like so kind of you crazy. said you did well. I'm assuming if you're not
3: pitching well in a Mexican league, you don't have to tell yourself. You're being told by everybody in the stands that you're not good right now.
2: Uh I wouldn't know that I don't i i I wouldn't know you that.
3: must have had a teammate who gave up a three run bomb at the wrong time Mexicans you know we've talked about <laughs> it in some of these countries. this is winter ball is you better have your big boy pants on Yeah.
2: I mean it can get it can get like that, but it wasn't really like that that much i mean there's you know honestly like I was super appreciative of that because it makes you want to get back here right um but at the same time like. The fans were great. It was electric there. Same mm-hmm. in Venezuela. Like, they're baseball fans. And, yeah, they'll probably let you know if you stunk. I'm sure they did. But, um, thank God I didn't any because <laughs> I wouldn't want to know that. But I didn't really see that as much. Um, and we we weren't the greatest team that year. But I just I, I didn't see it a whole lot. And, I mean, they were kind of chill for the most part. But I'm sure there's some other teams. I wasn't on, like, one of the big teams down mm-hmm. there, like Tijuana or Mexico City. Monterey or any of those. I wasn't on those, uh, Monclova, Um, but I'm sure that they they have it tough over there. So you've been in a couple of clubhouses. We talked about Chris Sale. Chris Sale's got an intensity. He's got things to
3: prove. He wants to prove he's healthy he wants to get back to the top. Charlie Morton's about as laid back as you get. You ask Charlie a question, you'll be Mm -hmm. there for an hour because Charlie just wants to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So there are different personalities in clubhouses. Mm -hmm. You said you just want to be known as a good guy. That's a great idea because – that'll keep you around a little bit longer than being the opposite of that but how much do you appreciate everybody's story oh I, mean, I, I
2: appreciate everybody's i think you know i was raised to treat everybody with respect and it'd be as nice as you can be like that's just the way i was raised and i'm a talker i'm a goofball in, in an aspect of things i like to like mess around with the teammates and stuff like that but um for the most part, I like to listen and hear everybody else. I love Charlie how he's so subtle and how he talks. He, he calls me pal, and I've never I never thought I would <laughs> ever hear that. And um and then Chris has been great. Chris is coming in and just fitting right in, and I'm 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 sure he's ready to prove a lot, and I think he's going to be great this year. What about
3: catchers? How many times have you needed a foot up your rear end? And and you had the right guy, the guy who knew when to do. It.
2: <laughs> so I I don't think I've ever had a catcher get on me before, but um, our old bullpen coach Drew French. So Drew French used to be at, he recruited me at Alabama, which was kind of crazy. That all this story just comes about. But I remember meeting Drew, in on my visit to play at Alabama, and he was an the assistant there. And so he knew a little bit of me. He, he, I mean, he recruited me, for crying out loud. So he knew a little bit of me. But he also knew that there was a button that could be pushed to put me in, like, a place where, like, let's go. Because I need it sometimes. And like I, 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 my dad would tell you that he would just – he would probably get on to me for no reason just to get me fired up and pissed off. So I would go do what I needed to do. And I needed that. like, And I and you know who who's the best at it was actually my basketball. My dad was an assistant basketball coach on Varsity in high school. And I've ha- I had two. One of them actually moved down here and coached down in Venice when I was a sophomore. He left after sophomore year, but we hired a new guy. His name was Coach Van Meter. And he ran me out of a gym one time because I wouldn't make a time on, like, conditioning. And, I would ne- and I'm the kind of guy, I'm like a yes guy. I'll just do anything you tell me to do. But I might not do as good as everybody else, but I'll do it. And when I wasn't making the time, he ran me out of the gym and said, don't come back. <laughs> and my dad's the assistant there. And he would jump me like no other. And I was like, that's how I had to handle, like, adversity a little bit. And I refused to leave the gym. I was like, I'm not leaving. So I don't <laughs>
3: want to mention a guy that was here. He used to pitch for the Braves. It doesn't matter. But he, was, he looked incredible in his uniform. He looked like he was drawn. Like he, was, he looked like Central Casting, the guy you would put on a mound, put on mm-hmm. a baseball uniform and go, that guy's going to strike nine people out. In the next five innings, he's going to strike nine people out. But he nibbled. He wouldn't do a strike. He was just trying to play the game of cat. My version of a catcher coming out is your size. I'll put my fist in your sternum, and I will tell you, look at you. <laughs> and what what do you think you're doing today? Do, that, I not, do I not look good
2: in the uniform like that guy?
3: I got to be honest. That guy looked a little bit... <laughs> he, he looked like he was drawn. He looked yes. he looked like the perfect picture. No, nothing disparaging about yeah, you. But he Lord. looked like the yeah. perfect picture. But he nibbled. <laughs> but he nibbled <laughs> and I would be so pissed off as a catcher when I would take I would take him to a full length mirror and I'd say, Look at you. You're a nibbler. You are not gonna survive in this world because that's not who you need to be. Yeah, you gotta go at him.
2: Um I wouldn't mind it if they did at all. But I just I've never had Travis come out there and like Say, hey, let's, you know, let's get it into gear or whatever. He's been very subtle, like, hey, c- calm down mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, you're doing fine. He's very positive. Murph is the same way. Um, now, I might get an earful from Sal when I got back into the dugout because I made a wrong pitch or I shook to this pitch and it didn't make any sense or whatever and, and stuff. But I don't think the catchers will ever get on to me. They're just always going to have my back and all that. But, um, but I wouldn't mind it, to be quite honest, if they wanted to do that. I'd be fine it's with it. It's a wake-up. I always thought that you'll snap a guy right out of it. Just don't you...
3: embarrass me out there, but get me fired up. That's right. Exactly. And, and, you, and I didn't say square off and punch you. I just think you take your <laughs> fist. <laughs> That'd be a mistake. And I you mistake. touch a guy in the sternum and you just let him know that, hey, we gotta we got to be a little bit harder at That's this That's right. Thing. That's
1: right. Well, Jackson, we appreciate you coming by. Always a pleasure uh, getting a chance to talk with you. Hopefully uh, you make the club and we'll see you. Up north when all is said and done. We can bother you again someday.
2: Oh, y'all more welcome to bother me anytime. I love this. I love this. I could sit here and talk to y'all all day. We can I mean, talk about all kinds of things. You
1: may have a future in this. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Aunt, I don't
3: know. If, Aunt, I don't Aunt. know if your wife is going to tell you, you know, like that whole Mexico thing. Or she, gave you give good advice. I'm not so sure.
2: <laughs> she, she probably would like me up here talking a lot.
1: Get it all out of me before I get back to the house. There you go. <laughs> you are kind of quiet when you come home after doing this. That's for sure. For four we hours. We appreciate it, though. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks. Best Josh. of luck. This is a 680 the Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into
0: 680 AM or 93.7 FM, or download the Fan app. Dot com.